The I Am Man podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves. time that we're on instagram live and so i'm just excited figuring it out so if you guys if we have some technical difficulties just rock with us work with us we'll get it together yo i'm excited that you guys are here welcome to the i am man podcast what's up everybody show me some love oh i love all the love yo oh we get mad love here tonight on instagram <laughs> ah, this is this feels so good yo so we are in the series talking about relationships and so we're talking about relationships and situationships yo so let me just lay it down really quick uh we all know what a relationship is everybody say hashtag relationship goals so relationship goals are you know those people that we aspire to be you know that that dream couple you know uh some of us have parents and grandparents who were married for 50 years and married for 40 years and you know they died together they've been you know together since they were high school sweethearts those are you know those are the relationships that we all aspire to have that's who we want to be that's who we want to model ourselves after but then you have yo situationships and i think situationships have been around for a long time but it's taken a new term with this generation so let me just break down what a situationship is yo dinah i see you liberty i see you joe anika joe, oh man y'all showing mad love on instagram today so uh let me explain what a situationship is a situationship is if you're in some type of relationship with someone that you are that there's not any real commitment to it or like my grandmother would say any stick to it with it so you're in you may be in a situationship if you are having relations or having sex with somebody and you the side person you uh may be in a situationship if you uh having relations with uh a baby mama or a baby daddy and you not together you may be in a situationship where you find yourself in uh compromising situations um and you kind of hoish like you may be <laughs> in a situationship so if you find yourself in situationships yo uh i want to be able to help you i'm gonna check i'm, I'm gonna see you this live i'm gonna try this uh live uh chat feature so let's see if it works so yo so if you may be in a situation so i'm excited because we've been rocking and rolling in this new series um talking about relationships and situationships and we've been talking about divorce we've talked about all types of stuff but yo i'm excited because we get to talk to two people tonight all the way in louisiana i gotta i got i i, I have to uh, 
be honest, they have accents. They don't look like they have accents, but they have some <laughs> strong Louisiana accents. So if you can't understand everything that they're saying, yo, they're just oh. gonna talk a little slow. Like they'll talk a little slow or repeat it over again. Uh, so listen, I want to introduce you guys to my friends, my brothers, my sister. There's some beautiful people. Yo, I want you to hashtag them right now. Relationship goals. That you know, some people, you know, they ugly you know you you got ugly couples who give <laughs> ugly children but yo he up here looking like baby hulk and she looking like wonder woman so they look like they got you know this stuff together so i'm gonna i'm excited to have them both with us tonight yo so uh y'all put the baby down uh y'all y'all put the baby down uh and i want y'all just to take a minute to introduce yourself go ahead well my name is Hakeem's, you know, straight from Louisiana. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, my name is Hakeem Zena, and uh, I'm 26 years old. Um, I fell in love with this beautiful woman when I was 18 years old. And um, I'm pretty much, I work in the office. I'm an inspector, and I also have my own construction business. Majority of the time, I do roofing. And uh, pretty much impact young people's lives. That's, that's where our heart's at. And impacting young people's lives and my beautiful wife. Hi guys, I'm Chantel uh, Zinan, of course, and um, I'm just basically a millennial, and I love serving God. I love being married. I'm a mother of two wonderful children, Serene and Amir, and I also uh, own a nonprofit organization called Jewels of Light, which we mentor young girls in high school and help them with uh, their journey and give them resources on personal development, financial literacy, and so forth, and also teaching a lot about purity. So that's just a few things that I do. And, of course, I love being married, and I'm excited about tonight and answering any questions you guys may have about our marriage. Yo, so I'm gonna be honest. I'm go- I'm going there, yo. We sh- we straight gonna go there, man. So I want to ask you. Uh, listen, everybody, they have this amazing baby, uh, and oh, she yes, is she is gorgeous. Go ahead, show the baby if y'all don't mind. Oh, the baby is she's gorgeous. She's like on the computer, like yeah. So we're gonna, we're gonna make it work. <laughs> Yo, so listen, let's 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 kick this thing off. So, man, I'm interested to know, bro, what is your definition of a man? My definition of a man is someone that's pretty much consistent. And the reason why I say consistent is because uh, a lot of times, as a man, we can start off, you know, spending time with that kid or that that spouse or uh, this in life, the the game of life, and Sometimes we get um, sidetracked, and when you're consistent, then eventually you begin to start growing more and more and, you know, truly learning who you really are. So, like you said, what is really being a man, to me, to me a man is just being consistent with his lifestyle of growing and to be the better version of him. Cool. So, the, so tell me about some of the, uh, the uh, examples you had growing up. How? Uh, um or lack, have, or lack thereof. What you say? Or the lack thereof. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had good and bad examples, but I learned from them both. Um, one of the greatest examples I had was my uncle. He was uh, big in construction, 
for over 25 years. And uh, he pretty much, <laughs> he pretty much taught me how to be a man. And um, I could never just ask him, hey, um, can I get $5? He'll be like, uh, you can wash my car for me. I always had to do something. So, um, you know, he wouldn't always love it. Double. It was just like, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. So he the one that pretty much, you know, taught me how to uh, work with my hands um, and also be smart about what I do and always be diverse. He always told me that, you know, you don't want to just work a job. You want to be an entrepreneur. So he helped me be diverse of, you know, owning my own business. And um, he just, especially with God, he the one that really brought me to God. Started going to church with him and everything. And, and he ended up, you know, throughout time back away from God. But also I helped him because the seeds that he planted in me. So we kind of all helped one another. So he was a big influence to me. And he always told me that I was influenced to him. Cool, man. That's love. So I, I, I want to ask, we, you know, it's, it's just you and me here. We just talk it. So I want to know, man, how long have you been married now? Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be nine years um july 15th what? so funny story about that uh when i was 17 years old uh i pretty much grew up with my wife you know she's been knowing me since i was in a car seat so um i always was in love with her but she didn't love me <laughs> so <laughs> so whenever i i uh i was in high school at the time and um i started liking her she eventually started liking me back and she was in college. She was a freshman in college. And I was a senior in high school. And I began to start having feelings for her. So what attracted me to her was the way she lived for God and the way she walked and the way she talked and everything. There's the way she carried herself as a person. So um, pretty much I wanted to get married at 17, but my mama told me I couldn't. <laughs> so uh, thank God because throughout that year, we dated for so young man why you get mad at a young age well i did a lot of crazy things when i was younger and uh, i was like i'm just tired of it i was just tired of uh, the way i was living and i finally found someone that i can live this life with and this person brought value to my life this person sure. helped me grow as a person so i got married at 18 and um, 26 now going to be 27 July 1st. And, of course, July 15th is our anniversary. So nine years. So you said you were tired of living that life. What life were you living, man? Oh, man, I was messing around with these little girl hearts, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dragging the streets, doing drugs, um, hanging around certain gangs. And just I was always a follower. I wasn't a leader. So I just pretty much was this this around a lot of craziness man growing up and like i said i was just constantly messing around with this one and that one and i didn't know what it was to truly love someone until i met my wife so man what did you have to learn like you know and a lot of guys have the story yo they're like hey i'm young i'm out here you know out you know i'm out here i'm gonna do my thing i'm gonna you know spread my oats i'm gonna have fun so what what bought you and I, that's what i want i'm interested to know what was that transition like for you to say, what What was it about her that made you say, yo, I need to get my life together? It wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not to say it in a bad way with, with girls or anything, it's just, she made me, you know, 
Wait. <laughs> yeah, wait. She made me wait. Oh, wait honest. a minute. I gotta talk now. She back. We gotta have this interview. So she said, I she made you wait. So so because you know, how tall are you? I'm six two. So well, you're six three. Six, six three, three, tall guy, not an ugly looking brother. So, you know, I'm sure women was just kind of throwing it away, throwing it at him. And you like, uh uh-uh, uh, nah. I ain't going so tell me what the, what was what was that like? Well, for me, um, basically, I had certain standards at a young age um, because I was not only was I around good people and people who like mentored me, uh, I was around a a group of girls at the time um, that were encouraging me to walk in purity as well. Um, Some they went astray and I I did certain things as well that were not uh, wholly appropriate, but I did hold on to my virginity because for one, I was afraid. I'm going to just be honest. It wasn't really based on biblical principles. It was because of fear. Um, I wasn't um, sure of my body. I wasn't sure of myself. I didn't know myself well enough to share it with someone else. So my mindset in high school was totally different than the group that I was around, like uh, the you know group of kids that I was around. So... Of course, the mentors that I had had a huge in- influence in that, but also just me being afraid to lose myself. And I saw how other girls were getting affected by it. So I just held on to that standard even after and when I went to college. And I've been knowing Hakeem all, all of my life since we were kids, but I never thought in a million years that we would be married today. Um, he was my best friend in high school. I told him everything. So I wanted to be more than just a friend. He, I didn't know. <laughs> you said you, so you friend zoned him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're just so, a brother in Christ. That's what you are. You just gonna be. Yeah, you're uh, just a brother. So. Hallelujah, brother. <laughs> I was comfortable around him, but not that comfortable enough to share myself. And and then whenever uh, I realized we were getting serious, I said. It's, it's getting hard, you know, but we had to wait, <laughs> I mean, a year, but we did slip up a few times with kissing and doing other things um, like everyone else. I mean, we're human, but yeah. at the end of the day, I did hold on to my virginity until we got married. Wow, that's so, love. Then I just started working out, so it was like, it was hard for us. <laughs> <laughs> I went from high school, 165, to now I'm like 230. Ah. So he went Hercules yeah. on you in between, in between, uh, into between that season. So you like mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. Now I gotta ask an honest question because, and y'all let me know. You okay? If I'm pushing too much, y'all just say, "All right, Rob, you pushing too much." Um, uh, if I'm pushing too hard, y'all let me know. No, but, you're not. But, you like but, to be transparent. Though. So most people believe that it's the man who is the aggressor or who is the one that's like, yo, I'm going to go out and get it or I'm going to make sure I'm going to, you know, push it. What was it like for you as a woman who, you know, you in love with this man, he finally put a ring, you know, he finally, even during the engagement time, put a ring on it or you knew this was going to be the man you married. Like, what, come on, you got to talk to me, yo. Like, I would just be honest. Okay, so we were in a ministry at the time that was very, strict uh so 
the ministry that I was in helped certain standards that we kept. And so I had like accountability at the time. So it was hard, but it wasn't as hard because I was being under watch and I didn't want to let anyone down as well as myself. And I also, when we went on dates and did certain things, we did go with friends instead of going alone. So we set up certain boundaries that helped us to stand, but I can't say that it's something that everyone can do because not everyone has that accountability. Not everyone has that. So it really takes a lot of self-discipline and self-will to just stand and, you know, have this firm foundation in your mind that you're going to stick to those values that, you know, you have built within yourself. So my experience it was hard, but I was not in a position where we were that free with yeah. But did you want yeah. him as bad as he wanted you? No. Ooh. <laughs> you knew it, babe. I'm being real. Like at the beginning, I didn't. And then I prayed and I said, God, please just show me if this is really he's pursuing me. I mean, he's pursuing me. And I'm like, no, this is my best friend. Like, how? And I prayed, and, and he God showed gave me, a dream. He gave me dreams after dreams. And then the feeling came one day when I asked him to take out my braids. And I said, can oh, you me he took my out hair. the braids. Oh. And he took out my braids, and, and he started washing my hair. And I was like, hold up. I'm feeling something. I never felt before. <laughs> so that's when the feeling started, and it went up from there. But, yeah. At first, I was kind of scared. I was like, wait, this is my best friend. But God just. He just gave it all the feelings, like, and then it's just it keeps growing. So it sounds yeah. like he, he had, it sounds like he got game though. It sounds like this is the <laughs> silent. I'm silent but deadly. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so aggravating. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she loved my corniness. Corny, but uh, okay, but you use your corniness to your to your advantage. Yeah. Okay, he did. I got you. I got you. So. What how what did you what do you say to you know let's say you know people who are out there who are dating to be honest in this day and age it's almost like if you're not dating unless you're having sex that's pretty much so how do you speak to that how do you speak to the new standard of yo this is my boyfriend this is my girlfriend and it's not if we it's not if we screwing we you know it's just kind of be expected it's the norm it's the new norm honestly and it's always been like for couples to do that that i was around as well but i can say if you really pursue um your purpose and and you focus a lot on your um the self-development um giving up sex for a short period of time, you know, of separation until you get married is worth the wait. Um, it's so much more valuable if you wait. And it's not easy. It is easier said than done. But I feel like if you have your mind set on something, for instance, if you want a house, you're going to do everything it takes to get that house. You're going to fix your credit. You're going to um, study. I mean, everything you need um, to fix your credit. You're going to pay your bills on time. Save up, save money. and then you get that house. So if you're pursuing marriage, why not do those things to prepare and hold back on something that God honors, which is our bodies? And He cherish—I mean, cherish your body. But um, one thing I can say is setting those boundaries up. And if you feel like you're dating someone who can't wait, then it's not the one, obviously. Yeah. For you. 
So because and, you have to know the difference between someone that's a bar friend and someone that's a potential husband. Yes, oh, like, you can't just drop that. So what's a bar friend and a potential husband? What's what's the difference? It's just temporary satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like with a boyfriend, you do this. You're you're there for me. You're a companion. We have things in common. But is that person? really supposed to be with you is that person a husband it's his purpose connected to your purpose where you can flow together in marriage like mm-hmm. all so, that matters so, so you mean to tell me marriage is more than just sex oh, oh exactly. honestly i would not feel the joy of sex if we didn't flow together in our purpose yep. if we didn't flow together on a daily just throughout the day if we didn't enjoy one another's company like sex is just non-factor so because in a marriage you know intimacy is throughout the whole day with your conversations how you treat that person then eventually when you do get to you know that that time of sex with your spouse then it's going to be more powerful. You know, it's yes, going to be like, like, whoa, not like, all right, let's go through routines, let's make love and stuff. No, it's you, you, you build that intimacy throughout the day, you know, constantly just, you know, talking to that person, just doing certain things, a certain text or whatever, you know? So do y'all keep that up all the time? Because y'all been married. And I have to be honest, this is, this is just who I am. So, uh, yeah. so y'all been married almost for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So are, yes, are y'all sir. always like, Oh, I can't wait to see you, boo. Oh, <laughs> when I get home, you know, no. yo, here's, like, a, yo, here's, here, here's a pick right here. Yo, get ready for me. Like, are y'all always like that? Or like, or have no, you? But I can't, I, no, we're not like that at all the time. But I can say we're not a couple that lets things linger. Mm-hmm. So we don't carry our burdens like for a week. We um, make sure. Oh, God. No, y'all here. Y'all good. Come on. Can you y'all hear here. me? I can hear you. Yeah, come on. Yo, I guess they'll be back with us in a minute. But listen, I want to know from everyone that's watching tonight. Yo, is it normal um, for us to have sex before marriage now? Like, is, is, is... Is it is it normal for us to um, there you go we got y'all back so I was just asking everybody is it normal for everybody to have sex before marriage now and if is if is that the standard? Well, it can I mean it might be people's standard as far as their uh, preference, but when you walked with Christ, uh, you definitely should want to reevaluate that and check your conviction level. Like, see if you really um, are in a good place with God. Um, do some self evaluation because if it's hard for you to abstain, maybe it's some things that God wants to do within you, and you know, take that time of separation to focus on yourself rather than just giving up yourself because it's some someone you've been with for years and you feel like you're going to lose that person or you know and if you don't have god in your life you know because everybody don't have a relationship with yeah. god so you want to think of that your your mindset of is this someone that i can potentially you know live my life with or this is just someone that i'm just playing house with you know because like i say if you don't have god in your life you want to think about um you don't want to be somebody somebody be like Oh, I got body counts, and that's one of my body counts. That's a new thing that uh, the kids are asking us. Asking us, how like, much, how many people that you've been with? Yeah. How much body counts that you what's have? Your and body stuff? Count, yeah. yeah, what's your body count? I won't. I so, promise I won't ask that question. 
No, 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 no. So it's just, you know, like we go back to what's your word, you know? Yeah. Are you worth someone that's potentially a wife or a husband or, you know, are you just boyfriend material or girlfriend material? You know, someone that I can just have sex with and just go on my life, you know? Okay, so... So it's not I, I, it's not normal. I hear you, and everybody says, you know, it, I'm gonna be honest. Come, can we can we be honest today on on this here live? I think um, because everybody, and especially the especially the Christians, you know, are the main ones to say no, it's not, <laughs> it's not. But you but. feel me? A uh, feel me then butts be tooted up in the air. You feel me? Like it's, it's, it be, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's been intense. Somebody said, Dinah said, I've been married for 15 years. What I remember is prior to marriage, desire is normal, but action involves intention. So it's not the norm. If you are living an intentional purpose before God, that is now Dinah's my sister. She's like, no, that's, that's my, What's up, D? Uh, she's my sister. But I, what I want to talk about, because, you know, we say that on here and on public platforms, but, you know, it's full of, you know, come on, y'all. Like, it's really, yeah. It, it's, it's it, you know, people, people, one of my uh, pastors said, man, people always going to screw. That's what he said to me. And I was yeah. like, you, and... I can't say whether you know people are right or wrong, but or if I can't say whether he's he's wrong or right, but it, you know it, that is a norm for today's culture. So I'm interested to know for, to you guys since you've been married for ten years. One thing that I've noticed is that you know, and I've learned through one of my mentors has said he said to me, you know, people who were sexually involved prior to marriage oftentimes have the greatest warfare in marriage with their sex life yeah. intense and go ahead what you said so and that was me um growing up i was around that you know i was around you know men that all did was just have sex with different women or whatever so with me i started at a young age around i want to say 12 yeah and actually i was I was big in baseball, so long story short, um, my dream was to play baseball, to go to college and go to pros and everything. So when I was 13, I was I had the, um, the opportunity to go start traveling and playing different uh, baseball, different different uh, places and stuff. So I ended up getting a girl pregnant, and long story short, I find out she wouldn't mind throughout time. That's like 10 years later, but. After I didn't, you know, yeah, yeah it's that's crazy. Our story. That's a yeah. part of our story. So I sacrificed, you know, playing baseball. I was like, I'm going to raise this kid and everything. 13. And I was only 13, and I'm still sleeping around with, with this girl, that girl, sneaking girls inside the house and everything. And like you said, how is that warfare going into marriage? Um, struggle with pornography, struggle with just mm-hmm. having sex all the time with different girls and stuff, and getting to a girl that's a virgin and not willing to give it up to me that was a challenge so i was like all right uh this girl is different so my mentality was um i got to get myself together and i was struggling like i say with pornography i was struggling with this sleeping around with this one and that one girls even when i was trying to uh date Chantel for the whole year before we got married girls are still you know throwing themselves at me even though they know i'm about to get married 
So it was hard for me to, you know, to resist it, but I did resist it because my love for her. But the warfare is crazy because you go from used to doing something all the time to it's a complete halt. I was a chase virgin for a year before we got married. I, I I worked on myself the whole year. The struggle with pornography, the struggle with having sex with different girls, it was very hard for me. And what I did was just give my all to God. I just gained that intimate relationship with God. And I was like, I'm real with God. My wife know me. I told God, I said, Lord, they got some fine women in this world with big booty, big breasts and everything. I need your help. I need deliverance. And I told my wife that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a person. I'm real with God, and I'm real with my wife. I do not hide nothing from my wife. If she want to know something, I'm going to tell her. And if she don't want to know something, I'm going to tell her, you know? <laughs> so that's how I got my deliverance because it was a struggle, man. I'm you, you used to seeing all these things and doing all these things, and you come to a complete halt, and you married, and it's like this woman is not like the other women I was with, and I can't make her like those women, you know? So I had to work on myself. Thank God that I waited before I got married because that time frame I was able to work on myself and I will allow God to do the work in me and get delivered from a lot of these things. It was hard, man. It was hard. I understand. I got my own stories. But it's not about me tonight. It's about y'all. It's about y'all and y'all life. So I'm interested. You guys have been married for 10 years. Have you guys ever... Well, well, almost almost 10 years. Have you guys ever had like dry spouts? Like dry spots in your marriage, in your sex life? Uh, And and we just talking candid. Uh, So... um, how do y'all make it through those? All right. I'll go first. I'll go first. So, man, like really and truly, we've been married all these years. And really and truly, these last four years been the greatest years of our lives. Yeah. Because we lack uh, maturity at yes. first. Um, and we didn't understand one another love language. Right. And when I say that is a lot of people don't talk about this in marriage. Like, about sex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when you say dry spot, like, um, baby, what do you like? You know what I'm saying? Like, not nothing that's all crazy and stuff or bringing in somebody else. No, not those things. You you keep it pure and stuff. But it came to the point where you're having sex with your wife and it might not be satisf- uh, satisfying to her. Or no, you, you, must, you stuttered a little bit when you were saying that, but I'll let you, <laughs> go ahead, I'll let you say it. Yeah. Vice versa, man, is you want to communicate that. It's all about communication. And the moment we begin to learn communication and learning one another love language, that's when everything begins to start growing in our marriage. And my wife can go ahead. Um, A lot of things also um, spiraled in our marriage where it was um, a negative effect when we allowed other people that were maybe our age um, in and we hadn't set like certain boundaries. And so when we allowed other voices to come into our marriage, we started to treat each other with this, those words that were spoken, like, hey, your husband does this. I don't think that's right. Um, so I would go home and try to address those things that I it, it didn't bother me, but it bothered someone else. And I allowed those people to put negative images in my mind of my husband. So in order to come out of it, I uh, we just disconnected and unplugged from negative people. We unplugged from negative things in our environment, and things started going up from there. We did attend one counseling session, and it changed the game for Forever. us. Forever, yeah, Forever. yeah. So, so is counseling bad? Is uh, no, uh, no, no. I don't know who came up with that, but 
counseling for us it, it was really like the saving point of our marriage so, fresh air yeah it was great and since that moment we haven't had to return we know how to communicate better um and i think the reason why a lot of people are afraid of uh, counseling because they don't want people in their business but it's not about them getting your business it's about getting to the root problem because they have a different outlook outlook so. Yeah. So for so for men, because you know I, I I appreciate both of your perspectives, but for men, let, let's talk about it. When you look through, and you do the statistics, you do the research, you know some of the reasons why um, that marriage is in is you know infidelity in the marriage, and it's normally from the male side. Um, but another silent killer is pornography as well. Mm-hmm. So these are, and I'm bringing these up because these are things that you've talked about. Um, uh-huh. And these are things that most men struggle with, even in marriage, and it kills the relationship or, you know, it's, you know, it's a silent kind of killer. So how can you speak? How can you speak to men who, number one, are silently struggling and then two are are um, don't want to go get counseling because they feel like somebody else is in their business and they're and the shame and the rejection and the hurt like how, how do you how would you address all that so one addressing the whole thing with pornography um how can i address that like you saying like In telling someone else, advice yeah okay my biggest advice is if someone that's struggling with pornography um you know what's the root cause of why they're struggling with that you know uh but also too my deliverance is different from everybody else um I can't. I'm, I'm trying to find the words to say. My biggest advice is this. Well, you. I can say that he identified that he had an issue. So identifying your issue yeah. it, and being real about where you are in life can help you deal with those uh, strong demons or mm. those those issues that you're dealing with. When you acknowledge that I'm struggling, I'm having yeah. a hard time. I'm, you know, I'm doing part. I'm watching porn every night. I need help. And for their wives, also for wives to have an open heart enough to receive when your husband is hurting or when your husband is coming to you saying, hey, I'm not being pleased in this area and not take offense to it, but be that um, help me and find ways to strengthen your husband in different areas and not get offended or feel worthless like like you're insecure because of their struggles. Not getting offended, but being that help to your husband can help a, a man, in my opinion, get delivered, get set free, pray with your husband, um, and don't be afraid to, you know, hear those things that really might hurt, but at the end, it's going to be beautiful, because you'll see that transformation. Mm-hmm. So, so, alright, now I got my train of thought. <laughs> so, when it comes down to someone, you know, in a marriage struggling with pornography, um, you have to allow your spouse to be a safe place, someone that you can pour into, and like she said, you have to come to a place of maturity where you can receive from your husband, so allow your wife to be a safe place, meaning that pour your heart out to her. Some people be like, it's hard. I don't, I don't be embarrassed and stuff like that. But you rather be embarrassed whenever somebody, you know, put you on blast and be like, well, my husband going uh, struggling with pornography because somebody didn't see you phone or see what you've been going through. Or you can just be real about the situation and be like, hey, babe, I'm struggling with pornography. I need help. And that's the thing about sometimes us men, we become feel like we have to be so strong all the time and we can never be weak. I had one situation in my life where I struggled with a, uh, a lot of things growing up and 
it didn't come out. But it didn't come out until I opened up to my wife and saying, sweetheart, I'm going through all these things. I'm going through suicide. I'm going through pornography. I'm going through all these things. I need help because I came to a place where I couldn't help myself no more. I tried praying. I tried to fast. I tried to do all these things. But communication and just being open and transparent towards my wife helped me with my deliverance. I hear you. So I, I, and I'll speak to this even too. Part of the, I've been married now for about six years. Um, six, this is six years going on seven. I believe so. So I know my, I know my wife is watching. It's been a long night. Um, but a lot of people who don't know my story came out of, uh, intense, uh, and very intense, uh, sexual promiscuous at sexual, uh, sexually charged young, um, just life as a kid. Um, being molested, being taken advantage of. And so it gave me a lot of baggage with with pornography, with same-sex attractions, with all of that stuff. And I, like yeah. yourself, uh, my wife was a virgin when we first met, and she was a virgin throughout the time, and we didn't have, we weren't ever intimate with each other until marriage. But I mm. did have to take that year of of just saying, God, here I am, here it is. I need your help. Now, that's the pretty yeah. version. But throughout, you know, our marriage, I've had it's one thing to to get free. It's another thing to stay free. And what I mean yeah. by what I mean by that is that even throughout our marriage, there have been times where my wife's heart has been broken because of pornography or because of dishonesty. And it's hard sometimes for men to be transparent. And my wife always said this to me. I'd rather you tell me before I find it out because it's more painful and I, you know, and I get it. And so I want to encourage men who's out there who may be struggling or who may need to get some help to be like, you know, and you're, or maybe this is year one, year two, yo, it's important. And your wife may not understand at first, but I guarantee you, she loves you um, and wants uh, and wants the best for you, wants to see you. Oh, thanks, Jessica. For, thanks. Thanks for that. I, I honestly, you know, to be honest, my wife is amazing. I love her to life. And many people and I'll speak on this. Many people fit in. I'll speak on this. And I've never and I don't really talk about my marriage because I'm protective of it. And yeah. so uh, I'll speak about it tonight, though. But um, my wife, she's she's amazing. And she uh, I remember we would have conversations and um, marriage. People think is just this big. Oh, I'm in love. This love fest. No, man, it, it's that. And there's seasons and there's spouse for that. Yeah. But there are also times where your heart gets broken in marriage because yeah. and you hurt this person um, and more the and it's the one person in the world that you don't want to that you tend to hurt the most so it's you know and it's it just happened it, it, it just it just happens as you do life together as you grow and as you know different things different temptations come in and so um my wife i i've seen tears flowing down her face i've seen uh, you know i've sat beside her and we've had to have some hard 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 conversations about yo where are you how are you what's going on and you know now the issue for me isn't necessarily pornography but now as you said bro um i want to and i'm saying this because i want men to know it's okay not to be okay um and this this is this almost bringing me to tears as i you know i'm now 
and this interview is about Sean. It ain't about me. But anyway, okay, we're, go ahead. we're talking. Um, it's now the challenge is different because I realized once I started dealing with the pornography issue and dealing with those things, th- those were not even the real issues. It's right. always something underneath it. And the, the shit, it's, it's always a root. And it's the shame that sits on top of the pornography addiction or the sex addiction that it's which is the strong man that's yeah. underneath it and most men are never really able to get to that strong man because the addiction to the porn or addiction to sex or addiction to the secrecy is it's like it's a drug and so the more you hit it the more you go back to it but there is this strong thing underneath it that is driving you and now at 30 years old i'm realizing yo i struggle with anxiety yo i struggle with depression yo i struggle and all of this stuff and i struggle with you know i struggle with low self-esteem or i struggle with you know all these things are underneath and people see you know on me on the pulpits and on you know different places prophesying and preaching and and or teaching lecturing wherever and i'm realizing now at 30 yo the pornography addiction wasn't really the issue it was yeah. the it was covering up all it was covering up yeah. yo you really feel <laughs> insignificant or yep. it was the cover up, you know, and most men, especially men who are in marriage. And I want y'all to like and share because this is some real stuff right here. Most men, you know, um, we talk about uh, marriage, but we don't even really know what real sex is, what real intimacy. And I remember one day my wife told me, she said, yo, I'm not a hoe. I don't like certain things like she, yeah. and she would uh, you and my wife would love each other. So awesome. she she was like, you know, she's like, I'm not a hoe. She's like, I, I, I this is what intimacy looks like for me. This is what it looks yeah. like. And like you said, and I'm just confirming everything you said. It's she's like, yeah. this is what intimacy looks like to me. You know, I'm like, yo, let me ro- go up to her, touch a booty, you know, grab a nipple yeah. or something. And she's like, yo, that that, that doesn't, you know, that that's not, that's it's not, not you know, it's about communication. It's about taking your time. It's about building up that intimacy over time. And um, my Listen. wife, she she's been so she's been so amazing. And I remember uh, I've at this age now, I'm like, yo, outside of the pulpit, outside of 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 my professional career, outside of all the degrees, there's somebody in there that feels insignificant, that feels like he doesn't matter, that feels like enough. he's not good enough. And I want you, bro, to talk about and I keep hitting on the sex thing because I got to. Um, yeah. Most men don't feel significant or don't feel like they measure up sexually, regardless of how long they are, how big they are, whatever, yeah. because we normally learn about sex from porn. Yeah. You feel me? Or, you know, or, or you know, we and so we try, we get these unhealthy uh, definitions and examples, and we try to do these things with my with our spouses, and it don't like you can't just stick it in there and just ram up and like and be like okay, no, like it, it don't. So I want you to speak to that, man. <laughs> so, like you say, man, um, I believe a lot of marriages 
get destroyed because the addiction of pornography, because they expected their wife to do these things that all these other women is doing in these pornos. So my biggest thing was is I, I listened to, I normally don't listen to him, but Dr. Phil had uh, touched upon it about sex. Dr. Phil, so is this about talking to your spouse, man? And like all these years that we've been married, I'm doing all these nasty things and my wife not even enjoying. Like when she told him, she was like, you know, it's good, but uh, oh man, it's it's not cool, bro. Like I'm, I don't roll like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to do all these different things and stuff like that. So I had to learn, like, what do you like? Do you like this? Do you like that? Then she asked me, what do you like? Do you like this and like that? The next thing you know, we clicking with our love. You know what I'm saying? It's... <laughs> I'm loving it. Hey, I'm listening. No, I want you to talk to you. You got to talk too. Like, I, like, yeah, like. it's true. After um, being married for almost uh, nine years, we're about to make nine years in July, I am now, like, after the past, I would say the last three years has been the greatest years in our sexual relationship wise because we studied each other not just mentally but our bodies our mm -hmm. things that we like we studied each other yep. and i feel like you can reach higher levels it gets better and better yeah. sex is not just like gonna stay the same just like you know you grow you and evolve as a person um I thought that it stayed the same that was my mindset until we started discovering more about each other and it's not the same. It's no, better man. and better. Like, so, oh, this uh, gets better and better. better. Uh -huh. I mean, Go ahead, so bro. So, like, when, when we first got married, like I said, I came into being sexually active, and she didn't. So it was like, I felt like, man, this is dry, man. Like, I would get frustrated <laughs> and aggravated. But as a husband, I'm supposed to, you know, of course, you know, be patient with my wife, and we learn one another, teach, you know, one another and everything. So... I was always doing things when we did have sex, what I like, not what she liked. I would get me and she wouldn't get her or anything like that. So I had to learn throughout time, man, that's selfish of me. So I had to begin to start learning what do she like, what she don't like, like I said before. And eventually, man, the chemistry was this off the roof. But I do want to say this. Um, one thing that sticks out to me the most um, with our marriage in, in our sexual walk is he had to wait for me, um, not only before we got married, but during our marriage. Mm. After I had my son, I couldn't walk. So I was crippled for about 30 days not walking. And then nine months, I couldn't. I had nerve damage. I still do, but I'm healed. That is healing my body. But after that time frame of me having nerve damage, going to therapy, just getting my body back in alignment, which they months. told me I would never walk again or have another child again, um, during that time frame, he didn't cheat on me. He didn't leave. He didn't, like, he wasn't frustrated with me. He clung closer to me. And to me, that was the most intimacy we've ever experienced in that moment that has set a foundation for our marriage to grow is when he had to wait for me and didn't leave me. Um, and it's crazy. Time period. It was it was like almost a year. A year that, that you could not. I be couldn't be into my wife at all. So it's like I'm always seeing this beautiful fine woman in front of me. And the crazy oh, thing yeah. was about it, it was like I was even thinking about cheating on my wife. And I'm just being real, you know, you know, transparent. I was even thinking like cheating on my wife, pornography, none of these things. I was to the point like, man, we might not ever have a kid. Man, my wife might not ever walk again. 
And God had to teach me because I always grew up like love is just making love, like having sex. You know what I'm saying? That's how you show your love towards a woman. Like we're going to have sex. You know what I'm saying? Not about the way you talk, the way you act. So God pretty much taught me in that, that season, in that time period, why I wasn't able to be intimate with my wife, that I had to start loving my wife with my actions and by my words. Because... I, I wasn't an abusive person, but my words. I always tore down my wife with my words. And this always spoke negative and just tear her down and just make her feel small. So guess what? If she, if I'm tearing her down with my words, whenever we do make love to one another, and we're going to be all that because of what I did to her. You know, so throughout that time frame, it taught me how to love my wife with my words and my actions. Just Once I learned that, that's whenever our sex life just exploded, you know, because now I'm more grateful now. She's healed, you know what I'm saying? I've been, look, I've been in a cave for a whole year, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm like a lion coming out and everything, but at the same time, I had to be like a lamb. <laughs> you know, so. That's love, man. That's, uh, that's love. I want to know, what do you, what would you tell somebody who um, maybe has been married or is married and their marriage is on the rocks right now like or they're going through a dry spout or dry season what what how would you speak to them so i would tell that person go to your spouse look that person uh and pour out your heart to them and you have to have a a, a, a open mind on whether it is that that person is going to say you have to receive pray about it and pretty much cry out for help towards one another. Like, I need help. You know what I'm saying? We struggle in these areas. We need help. Get counseling. Um, talk to someone that you trust. Um, and I would say not to rely on your past experiences in love to carry you through to your, you know, to carry you through your marriage. Don't Whoa. rely on your past Whoa, what did you just say? Oh, you got to say like, that again. <laughs> just don't rely or think that that's what's going to keep your marriage flowing or because you've had great moments or you've had uh, great milestones you've met or you've overcome so much um, together don't allow that to carry you that memory, those memories but continuously try and strive to be intentional about creating new memories, about discovering new things because in life we grow as people alone so me and Hakeem we got married at a young age i'm not the same person he's not the same person so we're married now and we're two different people but we're, we're constantly evolving but we're growing with one another so i feel like if you are constantly discovering new things in your marriage it's gonna stay fresh but if you think it's gonna stand on what you got married for in the first place it's not it's gonna get dry it's gonna get stale and so just to keep your marriage fresh keep discovering each other find ways just figure it out yeah and that i love how she said that because that's what can cause us to come to that place that dry place is we always you know well he treated me this way whenever we went on our honeymoon or when the first year we was married and a lot of times we live off of that that old experience and that that old memory but we have to each and every day make today count we have to make each day count i'm gonna give my all like, it's my last day. Like, I'm going to pour my heart more and more into this marriage because it's the greatest investment that you'll ever have. 
you know, my wife and my kids is my greatest investment. So each and every day, I'm going to continue just pouring more and more into it so that way it can grow more and more. Wow, that's you love. Know? We'll make sure next time our baby's not in the your baby is not bo- Your baby is not bothering me. It's the, I'm sure everybody who has children, this is quarantine time. This is rough. Yeah. This is rough. So then we kind of like answer that question? Yeah, man, y'all, that was amazing. That was amazing. Listen, I'm so excited. I'm grateful to you guys for your life, for your marriage, for your love. You guys have been inspirational, and I'm just very appreciative of who you guys are. Um, and I'm just very appreciative of who you are and all that you brought to this platform. Yo, I want you to follow me. Yo, you got a roofing business, right? Yeah. Well, tell me about your roofing business. So. Pretty much, I've been doing uh, this for four years now, and um, whew, I do it on weekends whenever uh, I'm not working at my regular job, and sometimes I do it throughout the week. I might take off or whatever <laughs> just to uh, to do that, but um, that's pretty much my legacy for my kids. What's the name of your uh, business? It's Affordable Roofing and Construction. Where can we find it? In Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> you got a website? Oh, you can call me. Sir, what's the number? My number is 337-354-7056. Hold on, you got to tell us one more time. What is it? 337-354-7056. 7056. Yes, sir. So if you're a woman, you're going to talk to my wife. 337-354-0 I'm sorry, 337-354-7056. Get yes, your sir. roof. Yeah, a lot of people going through hell damage right now and wind damage. Yeah. Use your insurance. Bro, this is use your commercial right here, bro. Yep. Too many people use their own money, but you can use your insurance. That's why you pay insurance every month. Yo, so hey, it this number is going through the screen right now. So yo, three three seven three five four seven zero five six. Get your roof. Yo, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys. I'm thankful for your love. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your transparency. Yo, I got to dedicate this uh, episode, this podcast to my amazing wife, Jackie. Yo, I love you, boo. I love you, boo, yo. I love you, boo. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, you know. But anyway, now I love you. Love I yep. know, right? Yep. I love you, boo. All right, everybody. We love you guys. Share. Tell me uh, what you thought. Yo, Instagram. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is our first time streaming on Instagram, so I hope it went well. You guys showed us mad love. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys. Have a good one. Peace out. Thanks. Thanks. Love you guys. The I Am Man podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves.